tonight. If you would please turn with me in the book of First Kings, chapter number 19. We're going to take a look at Elijah, verses 1 through 18. And we're going to take a look at uh, something miraculous that he got to experience. And tonight, I just want to say, if, uh, if nothing else uh, is remembered in this message, the fact is that we, uh, we Christians are not alone. God has not left us alone. We are more in number than you would realize. We have more on our side. God's not losing. He's not going to be beat. It just sometimes looks like uh, that. But remember, uh, God has an army of people that are not uh, in the limelight all the time. They're an underground majority I, of, of some sorts in some ways. Um, and I believe this, that um, you, can, you can be a majority if God's on your side. You may not be a, manu- a numerical majority, but God's still in control. And he is not going to leave us alone. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to be a Christian. So let's look now in uh, chapter number 19. Uh, let's pray and hold your place there. And let's, let's have a good time tonight. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Sunday, the first day of the week. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God who cleanses us and washes us and helps us and to <clears throat> reminds us and seals us and <clears throat> teaches us. And Lord, we thank you that you're the great comforter and your Holy Spirit today is at work in the lives of all of us believers. And we thank you for that. And we pray tonight that you'd remind us that we're not alone and we're going to win in the end. And we pray that you'll help us to live like that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to verse number one. First problem is uh, listed right here is Ahab. That says enough, doesn't it? He did more to cause Israel to sin than any uh, king before him, and he was the worst one they ever had. It says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Why did Ahab go to his wife as a wimpy man and tell her what he had done? You know why? Because she was more powerful than he was. She was more evil than even he was. And she had the sway over all the people in the Israel that were called Baal worshipers. She was a Baal worshiper. It's, uh, it's interesting as you go through the Bible and study Baal worship. It was an evil thing. They, they bowed to the, the image of Baal. They, they served Baal. It was a terrible, terrible ungodly idolatrous thing that they did and here's the king and the queen of the country Baal worshipers they did not know the Lord and so you can understand it's almost like uh, uh, you know you have well uh, I don't know if this is on or not is this is this on okay I'll be nice reminds me of Hillary and Bill (laughs) so anyway then then Jezebel (laughs) Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah. Ahab didn't do this. Jezebel did it. Saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by by tomorrow about this time. Now you think, well, Elijah didn't care. He didn't think that was true. Oh, yes, he did. He thought it was true, and he believed it. He knew how wicked that woman was. Look at verse 3. And when he saw that, 
he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now watch verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. Elijah got to the point where he said, Lord, just take me home. I believe Elijah was a great, great, powerful man of God. I believe he had a communication with God every day. I believe back then when God spoke through the prophet, the word of the Lord came to the prophet and said, Thus saith the Lord, write it down, send it to the tribes, send it to the king, send it to the people. This is what the Lord says, write this down. I mean, put it in a book, make it part of the canon. I'm giving you prophecy, write this down. And boy, you can't have that kind of relationship with God unless you're quite some special chosen vessel. And Elijah was a chosen vessel of God. We have the whole, uh, the whole story of his life there. And then, now, he tells God, I can't, I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, it's enough. I can't take it anymore. I've had enough. I, I'm, I'm running from my life. I, I feel overwhelmed. But God's not done with this prophet, is he? He's not finished with him. But God allows him to go through that to feel like he's overwhelmed and outnumbered. I have felt very outnumbered this last year. It's, it's not a good feeling. How many ever got stared at? How many ever got a couple of snide comments made about you? You know what really makes me mad? They don't have the guts to say it to me, so they'll make a comment to my children. You know, I'll take one of my children or a couple of them or three or four or seven or eight or nine. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take them in there, and, uh, and then all of a sudden these hyper-spiritual, proud people, these Nazis, uh, these, these face diaper police, they call them. I heard that the other day. Uh, they they want to they wanna get to me, but they don't have the courage to talk to me, so they'll make a snide comment to my children. Oh, I guess, you're, I guess you don't have to wear a mask, huh? Yeah. Or they'll talk to their own children. How about that? Oh, don't worry about those people. <laughs> yeah, that stuff like that. You know, let's get out of here. The, they don't have masks on. Oh, listen, why don't you just come, why don't you come face to face and start, let, why don't you talk to me about that? You know, but I felt overwhelmed this year. And I have felt it more so than any time in my life. I guess the only time I felt that overwhelmed was maybe when I was in the Navy. I felt like Daniel in the lion's den when I was in the service. But you know, God didn't leave us alone. We're winning. Did you know that? We're not alone. God knows. I think it's a great big test. I think, I think many of us have passed the test. I hope the test is over. Can we all say amen to that? I mean, let's just get on with life. Okay, whatever. What, what, but look at this. He, uh, he, he, he's under a juniper tree asking God to take his life. Now, Elijah did think that he was all alone. It really, it really touched his heart. Um, but uh, 
in verse, in verse uh, 5, I love this, the way God started to treat him. He, he began to show Elijah that uh, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. Uh, the power that I have given you to the scriptures, you're still my man. You're still uh, my prophet. Uh, ladies, you still belong to God after all this time. Hey, uh, young girls, you still belong to God. You know, you're, you're, you're God's daughters. You know, we're sons and daughters of God. We, we belong to him in his family. Is that right? He's our father. We're his children. If you're born again, you're, you're part of the family of God. He's not going to leave us alone. Look at verse 5. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel. I love this. An angel touched him and said unto him, Arise, eat. Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals. I don't know if that was angel food cake. I don't know. But that was, uh, that was cake. And a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Now, isn't that amazing that a full day's journey into the woods, underneath a juniper tree, an angel comes and, and talks to him. That's, that, that's got to be encouraging. You know, the, the, the thing that I love about being a Christian is that I love the way God finds you when nobody knew anything about what you needed. And he knows you more than anybody, and nobody knows you like he does and just that special touch from the Lord. It could be just something so small, my goodness. Uh, folks, really, you don't need a big miracle to have God talk to you. Amen. You don't have to have an earth-changing Red Sea to have God pay attention to you. It could be something. You could, you could lose your keys. And you could say, oh, man, I can't believe I'm so in incapable of something so simple everything in my life is on that keychain my whole life is on that keychain i'm gonna die without those you know how you feel have you ever lost your wallet have you ladies ever lost your purse man your whole life is in that purse it is it's terrible you're i, I lose my wallet oh something even worse than that how about your cell phone I was building the shed, and uh, I got one of those otter boxes, you know, the big uh, protective thing around your iPhone. And uh, like a dummy, I was listening to the radio, and I put it in my uh, T-shirt pocket, you know, and I was leaning over, uh, nailing something, and I saw the black in slow motion. It was in slow motion. It went, whoo. on the bottom I thought, oh man my wife's gonna kill me <laughs> we got that brand new phone and it just hit and i mean oh my goodness what am i gonna do my whole life is over my life i saw my life pass right through my and i went down got down i looked and I, my hearing isn't as what it used to be by the way thursday i get my hearing aids uh so i went down and uh as I got closer down the ladder down to the floor, I heard the radio show, 
that I was listening to, I heard Sean Hannity's voice on the floor of the shed. And I was looking, no cracks, no the Oh, otter boxes are great, you know. But you know, I didn't have time to pray. But I've I've lost I've lost things. Well, I said, Lord, my whole life's wrapped up in that wallet. You've got to help me find that wallet. And there's been times that my cell phone slipped. Now you say, Oh, you guys, you you know, you don't need faith. I mean, you don't have to worry about God. It's not God. It's just that you were diligent and you looked for it and you found it. Okay, you can think that you that don't have God. But when God gets involved, he helps you remind you to look in different places. He's involved with all that. And uh, you say, well, what if you never found it? Well, then God didn't want you to have it anymore. <laughs> so you can buy a new one. No, I don't know. I don't know how God works. You know, it's all by faith. But you start praying over something and God intervenes. Even something small, it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. And so it, here's a big, big difference between the saved and the lost here. Uh, everybody goes through depression and different times of, of uh, self-analyzing, and you find out who you are and you realize you're not much. You know, when God tells you what you really are, you're really nothing, you're really not much. So don't go searching about yourself too much. You're going to find out who you are. Why don't you just concentrate on Jesus, amen? amen. He's everything. He's, er he's awesome. He's, he's, he's great. He's my life. He, he's a reason we're living. And then you look in the mirror and say, oh, get out of here. It's Jesus. And then you look in the mirror and you say, hmm, not doing so hot. Uh, and you look at the Lord and you say, now that's what I like. I like the Lord. That's, that's what keeps me going. And, and Elijah got to looking at himself and he said, I'm no, I'm no better than any of my father's. I just want to die. And that will happen sometimes. You've got to be careful with that. And remember the story because that's not the end of the story. Aren't you glad that God didn't say, okay, come on home. You're done. I'm glad God said, no, i got a plan for you. I'm going to have you anoint some kings. And when you get uh, done, I'm going to have you, uh, I'm going to have your mantle go to Elisha. And then I'm taking, I got something special for you, Elijah. And guess what God had for him? A chariot ride. Fiery chariot. Woo! Coming down out of the clouds. God wasn't done with him. And he's not done yet. You know why? Because when Moses and Elijah were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they had to be used by the Lord to encourage the disciples, the apostles. And they, they heard Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Aren't you glad he wasn't done with Elijah? He's not done with you and me either. He's not done with Pastor Fisher either. Amen. Pastor Fisher got a, a, a room at USD Medical Center, uh, the greatest hospital in the whole San Diego County, and they finally got a room for him again. He's uh, under um, uh, observation, and uh, they're going to uh, see how they can um, deal with a little bit of hemorrhaging that he has and his heart and uh, it, I saw a video and his wife Patty was reading the scriptures to him in the hospital bed he was on his back and she and he was giving her just the number of psalms that he remembered and one of them was 71 and one of them was 23 and and uh, she was reading uh, the psalms to him and I saw uh, in the video his, his hands go up like this he got all the all the stuff hooked on and he was just praising God 
and it's just so sweet. I, I'm praying that God will give them complete healing. And it, would you pray with me about that? Would you pray for Pastor Fisher? I would love to hear of the great stories that that God uh, would heal him up and get him strong again. Um, my goodness, he's so young, so young. He's only 67. That, that's young. I said that's young. I just want to let you know something. Amen. So he, he, he needs prayer. Now, um, <clears throat> so he slept again. And then that's not the end of it because the angel's going to talk to him again. Look at verse number six. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water laid at his, head, well, at his head. He did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. See that? Your journey's too big for yourself. God's got to get you through. He's going to carry you right on through. He's, he's, uh, he's going to put his arm right around you, and he's going to help you. He's going to walk with you. You know, you know what the, the comforter is, the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the Bible teaches us that the comforter will come. And it's, um, there's, there's a Greek word uh, uh, called the paraclete. Uh, you don't have to worry about what that means, but I'll give, it, I'll give you a little instance of it. It means to come alongside and help you walk together, close side by side. It's your comforter. It's your friend. The Holy Spirit is your friend. The Holy Spirit is not to condemn us. The Holy Spirit is to lift us and help us through life. And if you don't think you need help, look at this. How come this, how come this great man of God needed help? Because he's human. And for you and I to think, oh, I don't need God. I don't need any help. I don't need the Bible. I don't need church. Oh, my goodness. They're going to find out the hard way. <clears throat> but he had come to uh, Elijah the second time. Now watch. In verse number 8, he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. I want to hold it right there. Whatever that angel fed him, it was mighty good. He went for 40 days and 40 nights in the strength of what he ate. You know what? In Jeremiah 15, 16, one of my favorite verses is, it says, uh, Thy word was found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. David said, I think it was David or Jeremiah, he said, I've, I've esteemed thy word more, more than my necessary food. The Bible tells us that whatever that angel gave to Elijah, it lasted 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't, I don't think he fasted. But he, because the Bible says he went in the strength of that meat, 40 days and 40 nights. That, that angel food cakes must be pretty good stuff. I don't know what he, it was angel food somehow. I don't know, it was there some kind of cake. And whatever he drank, it must have had lots of mineral water in it or something. Man, talk about electrolytes. Wow, you, you get water from heaven and the angel gives it to you. You're going to last for a long time. However... However, 
whatever he whatever he ate and drank it lasted a long time so he said the journey's too great for thee and he arose uh, verse number nine and he came thither <clears throat> unto a cave and lodged there and behold the word of the lord came to him and he said unto him what doest thou here elijah elijah was in a cave now from a juniper tree shade Walking 40 days and 40 nights, I believe it was Mount Horeb, and now he's in a cave. Now, do you think that he was just in a cave because he likes caves? I think he was still worried about getting killed. I think he really did believe that Ahab and Jezebel was out to kill him, just as, as David ran from Saul. I think uh, it's, it's a good thing to run sometimes when you're overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. You've got to hide sometimes in the Lord. And make God your pavilion. Make God your shelter. Make God the place of your refuge. So here he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? What doest thou here, Elijah? And verse 10, it said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. Elijah didn't say that unless he meant it, unless he really believed it. He wasn't joking with God. He wasn't saying something he didn't believe. He really felt like he was the only one left. And sometimes you and I will feel that way. He says, I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. <clears throat> Elijah felt like he was going to have his life taken from him. That's why he asked God to do it. Lord, just take me home. I don't want to die uh, of the hands of Jezebel. I don't want some crazy lunatic queen to kill me like she did to Naboth. I don't want, I don't want to die like this. I don't want Ahab and Jezebel to kill me. If you'll just take me home, it'll be enough. I'm so glad God wasn't done with him. And in verse 11, he says, Go forth and stand upon mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind rent the mountains. Now we're going to see some power here. What kind of wind would move a mountain? What kind of a wind would crack a rock? What kind of wind would split a mountain this was serious the great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the lord what kind of wind now i can understand an earthquake can't you an earthquake could do it right yeah some, something that strong or lightning uh, could if it's strong enough can split the tree right in half and there's some powerful things but he said a, a, a wind did this that shows the power of God. And it break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, here's where it is, a still, small voice. God's talking to all of us. 
He doesn't need to split rocks in front of you. He doesn't need to give you an earthquake. He just needs to talk to us. You know, the word of God is so powerful that all he needs is just a little still small voice in your heart at just the right time, and he'll change your life. I thank God for that. Amen. I, don't, I don't need <clears throat> to um, have catastrophic uh, conflagration in my life. I don't, I don't need, now I, I, I pray I don't need it, but uh, hopefully I'm not so stubborn as I got to have, the only way I can hear God is if, he, if I have a catastrophic illness or a catastrophic bone breakage or a car wreck or some, some really bad thing. I, I hope that I would not have to go through life and be so stubborn that I couldn't hear the still small voice of God. I say, you, you and I better stay in our Bibles. We better stay. You know, I don't, I don't want to inflict you with any kind of false fear. And certainly, if you have an accident, uh, that's up to you and God. I'm not going to be judging anybody. By the way, if I had an accident tonight, I, I would hope that nobody would judge. Oh, Pastor Shavers, he's stubborn. He won't listen to God. Oh, he broke his foot now. Oh, that's what God had to do. Don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. Just go and pray for somebody. But I'm, I'm hoping personally that God would not have to do anything to get my attention. I want him to get my attention just by reading the Bible. I hope our hearts are soft and tender. How many believe that, uh, that, that Elijah's heart was soft and tender about this time? He didn't need to have anything happen to him personally. He, God didn't kill him. God didn't let Jezebel and Ahab kill him. And God didn't kill him with an earthquake and the, the, rent, the rocks renting. Uh -uh, he, didn't, he didn't do that. The way he got to Elijah was just that still, small voice. It's so wonderful when God deals. If you have somebody in your life that you'd like to have God speak to them, you can pray. Lord, would you just touch their heart? Would you just speak to them the way you can do it? Just speak to their heart. God's that way. He's so strong, he can whisper something in somebody's ear, and it can change your life. Yes. And look at now, <clears throat> after, after this still small voice in verse 13, and it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in, in of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, <clears throat> even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. You know that Elijah believed that, don't you? Said it twice. I'm the only one left. They're going to kill me too. I, they killed the prophets. Now, here's, here's what God did. You're going to see this. It is fantastic. Look at verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, <clears throat> Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, here's, here's what I got for you to do. Watch it. Anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meolah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. 
That just sounds like God's got a plan for him. I want you to anoint King Syria. I want you to anoint another king, Jehu, uh, over Israel. And then I want you to uh, go and talk to Elisha because you're going to anoint him. And he's going to take your place. Now, God's not done yet. Look at this. Verse 17. He says, And it shall come to pass <clears throat> that him escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And don't you know who he slayed? Anybody know who he killed? Jezebel. Jezebel. He said, Who's for me? And Hillary came out of the window. <laughs> And she, she, she cursed him. And no, Jezebel, she said, throw her down. Jehu. You know, some of us drive like Jehu. <laughs> furiously. He drove his chariot furiously. I love that. Jehu. Jehu. Uh, <clears throat> and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. <clears throat> Now, right here, the end of this uh, message is right here. So important. God's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave the churches alone. He's not going to leave you and I are not alone. We're not alone. We have thousands and thousands of people. The population of uh, the county right now is over 200,000 people. They don't all rally they don't all get on uh in the public they don't all let themselves be known they don't all even go to church but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in our county that love god and that are truly born again some of them are working their farms some of them are disobedient to the lord some of them don't you might never men never meet them but I've knocked enough doors in this county to meet people, and we've been doing nothing but uh, going up and down this county and going up and down these cities and every place we can get our hands on. We've knocked thousands and thousands and thousands of doors, and I've met personally some of the most wonderful people that I, they would probably never even come to the church. But they're saved just like you and I. And for us to think that we're alone, listen, God can raise up an army of believers if he wants to. God can raise up. You know why our country's in so much trouble right now? I'll tell you why. It's judgment. It's judgment. God's judging unbelief and wickedness and sin. How come we don't have it all? Well, because God's got a plan. He's going to teach this world something. And you and I, we just got to stay out of the way. I don't want to get in trouble. How many like to get in trouble? Anybody like to get in trouble? I hate getting in trouble. Whenever I see a police officer on the road, I take my foot off the gas. It's a natural response. I had a seventh grade math teacher, the long-haired hippie type guy, and he was saying, well, uh, we just want to have a debate today, so you that are in my class, if you'll just promise to be polite to one another and raise your hand, we can have a debate. He was more important. He was more concerned with debating instead of teaching algebra, for which I was very glad. <laughs> but <laughs> that's 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 not it. That that's not that's not the way to teach people. No, no, it's it's not. Uh, it was just sad, though. You know, 
He said, I'm really ashamed of myself because every time I see a police officer, I take my foot off the accelerator. He said, that's a bad reaction. I shouldn't have to do that. And I thought, well, that's a good reaction because that says that you respect authority. That says that the, the police officer's doing his job. Now, if you see a police officer, you better, you better get your foot off that accelerator. Just, just giving you a little word, word of wise wisdom. Amen? I'm going to save you a ticket. I'm, I respect authority. I, I don't want, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want God's judgment hand on me. I want to get out of the way as fast as I can. As Lord, if you're mad at everybody, I just want to make sure you're not upset with me. Get them, Lord. <laughs> I won't even look. You just have your, just, just, just judge. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't want to get in trouble. And if God's going to judge, you better get out of the way. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, I say not to even pray for. There's sometimes when your prayers don't mean nothing when God's judging hand has come down and it's in, it's, you know, the Bible says, I say not to even, the sin unto death. You can find that in 1 John uh, or 3 John. Anyway, you look it up. And you'll you'll see. I, I say not. I say not to pray. It says I, I say not. I would not pray. Oh, the 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 context is uh, when God judges, you better just get out of the way. I don't want to get in trouble. Do you? I want to stay out of trouble. There's a, there's enough problems in this world. I don't want to be a part of it. But look at verse 18. Yet he says, I have left me seven thousand in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. They were bowing their knees to an idol. They were kissing the idol. It's not unlike some, some parts of Rome where people kiss the feet of the stone uh, object of, of Peter. You know, when the, I, I've never been there, but you know the steps that Peter really strong Catholics, people that go to kind of like a pilgrimage, they, they uh, get on their knees and they walk up the steps on their knees and they, they honor the statue of Peter. I guess it's marble, I don't know, maybe granite, I don't know what it's made of, but they have a statue of Peter. In all the years since that statue's been put there, they've had to replace the foot of Peter because so many people have kissed that marble foot, they've had to replace the foot. That's a lot of people kissing the foot of a piece of rock. It has happened, folks. You can look it up. It's just terrible. There's idolatry in Israel at this particular time, and God says, I got 7,000 in Israel that have never worshiped Baal and never kissed, his, uh, his, 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 kissed him. Praise God. Now, that's encouraging. There's a lot of people going to heaven we just don't know them all. I got a lot of friends. I just haven't met them yet. I got a lot of brothers and sisters. I should know who they are. And in the right time, in the right moment, God's going to raise them up. We are not alone. Uh, and even in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was in Corinth. And uh, I want to show you that before we go. Let's do one more verse. Let's go, please, to Acts chapter 18. And there's not... There, listen... Not only Elijah, but there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians um, sometimes feel awful alone. 
uh, feel a little bit overwhelmed, feel like you're the only one going through something. And God says, no, 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 don't, don't, let you look unto me. I, I've got this all taken care of. You trust me, I'll show you. I'll show you, I've got a plan. And uh, you, you fear not, fear not. You don't have to run. You don't have to hide in a cave. You don't have to go under a juniper tree. And I know that it's, it's very tempting because even Elijah had that. But look with me, please, in chapter 18 of the book of Acts. Um, now, in verse number 8, And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the, in the night by a vision. And he says to, to Paul, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. And that was an encouragement to the Apostle Paul. Have you ever felt like you're a real strongly uh, oppressed minority as being a Christian? It's natural to feel that way, isn't it? Uh I feel like a minority just just knowing that marriage is between a man and a woman. I feel like a minority because I said I am a male. And my wife is a female. Period. That's it. There's no third category. No such thing as other. You ever been to the doctor lately? What would you like to be called? Pastor. <laughs> what, would you, what would you like to be called? I have a name right there, Tab Shaver. Okay? No, no, no. What gender? Just, just, just don't call me late for supper. Just right there, buddy. There's no third category. Oh, have you ever felt like a minority? Now, we might feel that way in the coming, coming years. I don't know. But we're not a minority. I have much people in this city. God said, I got 7,000 who have not kissed Baal or, or bowed their knees to an idol. Let's praise God. If he did it back then, he can do it today. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads for prayer.